we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Okay, so we all know that uh, throughout COVID, the whole rule of thumb with Big Pharma was that uh, you couldn't sue the vaccine companies. Uh, and yet, what was really sad about the whole thing, uh, really unfair, is that as this was all being pushed on a very unassuming public, that people were put in very difficult situations in their lives, uh, made some decisions. Many are regret at this point. But there was always that caveat that they could not uh, sue the government. So that that was a real problem. And uh, we're going to take it up on a very interesting lawsuit coming out of Texas from Attorney General Ken Paxton. This is quite fascinating, actually. Uh, Welcome into America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough. All right, so let me read, let me start with this statement, uh, Dr. McCullough, on, uh, right from Ken Paxton's uh, lips, so people can hear this, and then we'll, we'll tear this apart and opine on it. I think this is quite something. And he says, Paxton says, and I quote, the federal government long ago, back in the 80s, passed a law that gave protection to pharmaceutical companies when they provided vaccines. There's no liability, complete protection, However, under state law, they don't have those same protections. We have a Deceptive Trade Practice Act, and that's what we're suing them under, arguing that they did not tell our consumers in Texas the truth. And therefore, there are damages because they didn't tell the truth about the effectiveness of or the potential side effects of the vaccines for every violation, which potentially is every time they lie. Oh, my golly. Wow. Or Every time it affected a consumer, it's a $10,000 per violation. That number, he Paxton says, can add up pretty fast since we have 30 million people. One of the good things about this litigation is it's going to bring out information that the public hasn't known, and we're going to make sure that information gets out. Wow, wow, wow. What a statement that is. Uh, from the Attorney General, uh, Dr. McCullough, it looks like he means business and looks like the state of Texas on a couple of fronts is getting uh, pr- pretty aggressive. I wish everybody would do it. What do you say about this? Recall Attorney General Ken Paxton was impeached by the House, but he wasn't convicted by the Senate. That's right. They had drug up uh, 20 articles of impeachment of old issues that had already been settled. Uh, so the Senate didn't convict him, but they deactivated him over the summer. But now he's back in the fall. And, uh, you know, he had done many, many important actions, one suing the American Board of Internal Medicine over the issue I'm kind of caught up in, the COVID misinformation policy. And then, you know, he was positioning a suit against Pfizer before he was taken out temporarily on this impeachment charge. And he's come in, in on it now. Remember, there's a long arm of Texas law, meaning anybody does business in Texas, doesn't matter if the company's in Texas or not. You can be sued by Texans in the state of Texas. So he's our state attorney general. And the Deceptive Trade Practices Act says that no company can deceive Texans, you know, on their products. Mm -hmm. And uh, whether an individual was deceived on a transaction or whether or not statements are deceptive statements, 
as Paxton says, Paxton says they're going to add up. We have about 30,000 um, Texans. The estimates are about 60% took vaccines. 30 million, you, know, you mean? 30 million. 30 mil- I'm sorry, 30 million Texans. Thank you. Uh, about uh, about 60% took vaccines. So that would put us at, um, uh, you know, around 20, 18 million uh, took vaccines in Texas. And, uh, you know, there are substantial uh, vaccine injuries. We've had about 92,000 Texans die of COVID and probably more than that now are injured or dead with the vaccines. So that could be 100,000 cases where the families really feel as if they were deceived and and especially on safety data. So at the bare minimum, this is going to generate a ton of discovery. Pfizer is going to start to start to really uh, burn their legal uh, expenses and do you know what Pfizer normally does in cases like this, Malcolm? They yeah. settle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's right. They'll settle for a very large amount in a class action suit. Correct. Yeah, and uh, the money will yeah. be collected by the state of Texas. Now, uh, you know they'll negotiate that this doesn't imply <clears throat> any guilt or wrongdoing, etc. Right. But I, I bet it'll go that way. Well, and of course, it'll get into some of their profits, rightfully so, because you and I both know uh, that they made a a, a Fort Knox load of money out of this deal. That was the whole thing that was driving this whole thing was Big Pharma. And so there was a lot to it. You know, when we talked about this over the last couple of years, Peter, I have to say, I, you know, I never and I don't know if you had thought about it. We took, We knew the federal statutes were what they were. We knew that. Yeah. But I never really considered or thought about the state level. And this is brilliant, actually. I'm just wondering if we have I don't know what the answer is, but I, I wonder how many states might look at this now. And it, I mean, it looks like Paxton is on really I, and, and Texas is on the cutting edge of this argument because I haven't heard this anywhere. Maybe there are others that will now determine it, what their state uh, laws are. And potentially you'll see more of this. Uh, what do you think of that? I think it's certainly possible. Uh, the states do look at each other. The attorney generals, by the way, they meet with each other frequently. They have they meetings do. together. I was on a plane one time where I met one of the attorney generals who I knew from another state, and uh, he was on a plane for an attorney general's meeting. In fact, we, we were in the same hotel. So they meet, they exchange ideas. Uh, one state has to break the ice on this. Um, remember, the attorney generals and the the people at the state, they actually want to make money. This is a revenue generating activity for them. So <laughs> I hate to say it, but there is some interest, some organizational interest in the states making money off of big farmer. Now, more broadly, the states have consumer protection responsibilities. Almost all of them have offices of consumer protection. Uh, they have consumer protection laws. Uh, I'm on a standing committee now for the state of Arizona, and I suggested that our last combined uh, bicameral meeting that uh, that they invoke uh, consumer protection laws and uh, advocacy and to start doing their own vaccine safety work. I think what we've learned is that anytime the federal government said, here, here's a product, it's safe and effective. We do have in our you know, liberal democracy, we do have checks and balances. And one of the checks and balances on this kind of federal um, offering of products would be consumer protection at the level of the state. Yeah. You know, I was just sitting here thinking here, uh, we ought to put a class action suit, and I'm sure there's rules against this as well. And we, the people, sue the federal government for their misguidance here and their misgivings uh, in their mandates and all that they did. Well, wouldn't that be something? 
<laughs> to see we the people. That's it. So the, of course, they'll only take what? Well, what's an oxymoron about that, though, Peter, is that they're only using our taxpayer money to defend it and to pay. I mean, there, there is no sue in the federal government. I mean, it, the whole thing. Well, is a, no, I mean, Malcolm, the FDA has been successfully sued. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. The 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 agency itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, usually, that usually the um, yeah. plaintiffs are other companies. Yeah. So I remember when BioMarin a company that made an innovative uh, kind of cholesterol-related product, they they sued the FDA, and yeah. they won. Yeah, now, yeah. they didn't win monetary damages, but they won the rights right. to do things as a company. Uh, that's uh, uh, What I'm talking about is, you know, I'm just in my mind, Peter, I'm talking about suing the uh, the White House, uh, the Oval Office. the uh, And, of course, uh, to your point that we talked about some time ago, that means we'd have to, and, and we're just I'm being hypothetically, but that would encourage, that would uh, encompass two administrations. Remember, that would encompass both the Biden administration and the Trump administration, which was equally mm. responsible for this, correct? You know, it, it's it's true. And, you know, there are some other activities going on worth, worth mentioning in Canada. The report came out this week of the National Citizens Inquiry. And uh, this was a citizens led effort with lawyers and others. And they carefully did depositions of experts. I was one of them. And they generated a report, a report that concluded the vaccines certainly are not safe and effective. And, you know, and, and now have sent that on to the the Canadian authorities, and that's that's a lot stronger than one's individual opinion. What we're not having is we're not having physician organizations or or organizations of hospitals or health systems make that conclusion outside of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. So the National Citizens Inquiry is important. Uh, there are also efforts afoot uh, in, around the, the world. This week, there was a adjunct meeting for the lower house of parliament and i had a video that was presented there uh but others met live and they've gone from one member of parliament to 16 members and then this is the lower house in the uk the elected officials who now are listening and so this is going to happen there's this is a one-way street malcolm People will ultimately yeah. wake up to the dangers of the vaccines. To your point, when you said this is not a one-way street, and you know, it, it, another thought I was thinking, you're right. Uh, you, you remember the saying, uh, you know, and it, it, listeners under, can understand and appreciate this, And but what goes around comes around. We were taught that as kids. We were all, I mean, come on, that's a golden lesson in life, right? I mean, we were all taught that as kids, that lesson. What goes around in life comes around. Uh, do, do good unto your neighbors, your people. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And so that's kind of it's kind of a you know interesting point there. You know, I want to share with you before we leave this particular part of it, uh, the the story here. Uh, just so last week here, no, end of the month here, November 30th, oh, there was a press release uh, on this whole story uh, from the Attorney General's Office out of Texas. But there's another component of this that I noticed. Um, Peter, I don't know if you picked up on it about uh, about the suit. OK, we know they're suing Pfizer for misrepresenting the COVID-19 vaccine efficacy. And by golly, you could sue every one of these uh, vaccine companies for that point. I mean, really and truly. Uh, but the other part of this and conspiring to censor public discourse. Now, I find this quite fascinating, the conspiring to censor public discourse and by golly you and i have been in the the, the crosshairs of that statement you surely have uh what do you say about that part of it interesting well, well, for sure there was another storyline that moderna 
had some type of intelligence team out there that clearly was, you know, conspiring uh, and and actively working to censor through Pfizer, Moderna share the same uh, PR marketing firm, Weber Shandwick. They're working with an artificial intelligence firm called Blackbird. Uh, we know that's going on. The British Broadcasting Company, along with this biopharmaceutical complex, and announced the Trusted News Initiative. And this was in December of of December tenth, twenty twenty. Now, don't forget they they didn't meet to approve uh, EUA approve the Pfizer vaccines until December eleventh, twenty twenty. But it's interesting that the BBC on a day before the meeting, the BBC said it was launching a campaign to fight vaccine misinformation. Well, how did they know there was vaccine misinformation? The vaccines weren't even released by that time. I always thought there would that this whole thing with Big Pharma would surface to the top at some point. Something would happen. I, I don't know. I just it was so bad and so ugly and so evil. I, I just felt in my heart, Peter, there was no way that there wouldn't be some pushback against what had transpired and what had taken place. And I and I think the potential for that, the more we move away from this incident and we see how egregious it has been uh, to uh, to people, I think you'll see more and more of this outrage growing. So I'm, I'm not surprised by any of this. And I think there'll be more and more of this, which you and I have kind of stated that actually a while back. I know we've talked about this. And so I'm, I think we're going to see a lot more lawsuits, actually. I'd love to see more states do what Texas did. You know, there's a price to pay for this, as I say. People lost lives. People died. People are severely injured. People's lives have been turned upside down backwards. I mean, this great ramifications. We've never seen a situation like this. And the whole notion that you could give these uh, EUA uh, products out to people and push it down their throats and demand that they take it and uproot their lives and being so uncomfortable as they were and then expect that they could all get a pass and they could never be sued was outrageous on its face. And it, it, Washington should have never done that. This is probably in our lifetimes the most... Uh, uh, eventful and uh, egregious, um, uh, you know, uh, point to, against the people, Peter, I'm talking about. You, you don't think about it. It's pretty serious stuff. So I think it's got to be more of this, buddy. It, it was uh, certainly the most, you know, injurious intrusion we've ever had in our personal lives and our health lives from, you know, a government entity. You know, all day long, I see patients, Malcolm, who have been damaged by these vaccines, saw a pilot today, blood clot in his leg, uh, mental function off, uh, you know, can't, uh, you know, can't fly, Um, you know, one person after another disabled, filling out their disability forms, reporting cases to the VAERS system, Um, you know, really highly functioning people. They've gone to Mayo Clinic, they've gone to all the centers, and they ultimately visit me. Uh, because they're desperate. They're not getting... Yeah, you, uh, you're seeing it all. You're seeing real world stuff. And he, here's the thing that I want to say, Peter, is that, you know, really, listen to me. All, everything we're talking about now, all roads in my world lead to the federal government. All roads. Because let me say this. Had they not taken the stance they had, then all of these companies and corporations and organizations and colleges and professions and wouldn't have pushed this so hard against the people. I'm sorry, but all roads lead to the federal government. This is their this is their deal. You agree with that? Well, let me ask you the converse then, Malcolm. Uh, former President Trump has said, and he's been consistent on this, that he would never have mandated the vaccines. 
He said that from the very beginning, right. and he's consistent. Okay, that's right. What do you think the world would look like, or the United States would look like now, with no vaccine mandates? Mm. Well, it would look a lot different. We would have, I, I think there would be, you wouldn't have the serious sort of, we wouldn't be talking about it in the way that we are. And there, people wouldn't have uh, the millions of people that have been highly impacted. Look at the people who have died and the stories we've reported on with all of these uh, professional athletes, all the myocarditis incidents, all of this. So none of that would have happened. Uh, I think a lot of people wouldn't have taken it, frankly. I think people were forced and coerced. Let's face it, Peter, you and I get on here week after week and we saw of like, and I know because listeners gave us a lot of feedback on this and talked about it. And we would say, you know, well, don't take it. There's a choice there. And people would say, but Malcolm, how can you mm -hmm. say that? There's people really, I'm serious when I, people really felt there was no choice. And we would say, well, but it's not worth your job. It's not worth your career. It's not worth your school. It's not worth your relation, whatever for your life. So don't do it. And we warned people of that. Every week we got on here and warned people. I remember clearly. And yet, listen, none of that would have happened and transpired because I think a lot of people would not have taken it. So Trump did say that he would not have mandated them. You're correct. You know, at the end of the day, he did. He still believed in people's rights. Uh, I still think the whole Operation Warp Speed thing was a was a bunch of rubbish. And uh, the whole thing with Fauci should have been called off. And frankly, had he, I still think he should have had a press conference at some point and pushed back on the whole affair. He'd have a lot more Americans jump in the tank with him if he drew a big press conference and say, you know, we, we screwed up. And tell the truth. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, that, that would be my advice if I could give him counsel. I, I think America is a very forgiving country. Amen. And people are more forgiving. You know, I know they're advised to never back down, never say you're sorry. You know, always double and triple down, and they're surrounded by advisors that are are, are fighters. They're, they're street fighters, but America is a very forgiving country, and um, I think they would forgive this. He's not a doctor. He had a lot of people around him advising him. We've never encountered this before, but he did say never mandate it. And today, I had a patient, young guy, about eight years younger than me. He's on his uh, home treadmill, cardiac arrest. Now, thank goodness his wife did good CPR and she traded off with her daughter giving good CPR while they called 911. And then the paramedics got there and they uh, shocked him and they put him on life support. They took him to a hospital. Then he got transferred to another hospital and then they got the artery open, the left ventricular descending artery. And now he's in the recovery mode and he's neurologically fine. Thank goodness. Wow. After all of that, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a business a guy, business a consultant. And I asked him, uh, uh, he actually works in the medical device industry. And he said, listen, he goes, I had to take the vaccines because the hospitals told me I take the vaccine yeah. so I could go in and yeah. service the equipment and meet with the doctors. He goes, it wasn't my choice. And he took two of these vaccines and he said, listen, I was perfectly healthy. I tell you, this guy's a physical specimen. He said, there's no way this, this heart attack could have crept up on me if the vaccines didn't play a role. And so the vaccines do play a role in the progression of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, which he had. His LDL cholesterol was 116. He had no other risk factors. I had told him that, listen, I had written the prior institutional guidelines for coronary artery calcium scoring, which is a, it's a scan to see if there's any blockages developing to the heart. And his wife was quite astute. And she said, well, what are the criteria? And I said, well, the criteria were, and they still are, age 45 to 75, and at least one cardiac risk factor. 
She goes, my husband doesn't have a cardiac risk factor. And she was right. I mean, the only thing in his history is that he took these vaccines and he nearly lost his life. You know, by the grace of God, his wife and his uh, his daughter kept him alive with CPR. Yeah. But I, he looked me. He looked at me deadpan, and Malcolm, and he goes, "It wasn't my choice to take See, these." Yeah, in case in point of what I just said, brother. I mean, people really feel that way, and uh, they weren't about to. A lot of people just weren't. They did not see uproot in their lives to make a critical key life decisions, Peter, as an option. They didn't see that as an option. Sorry, they weren't willing to throw their entire life away, and they took. They rolled the die. They took their chances. And a lot of people like this gentleman have paid an ultimate price for that. You know, let me put an offer out here as well to to folks, anybody that can listen and get the message. We'll have a pres former President Trump on the broadcast here on America Out Loud Pulse. We'd love to have him on and have that press conference, actually. Uh, we could do a right here on the broadcast and talk to the American people. We'll give them the airtime and we'll talk about it and talk about, you know, what, what it, he could just put it out there, be honest, very for his. Dr. McCullough saying we're very forgiven people, but let's give him the forum right now and talk about it. He can come on here and put it out there in a, in a positive way, right? What do you think about that, Peter? Wouldn't that be something? I think it's terrific. You know, I went on the show with his daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, yeah. uh, had a great interview, and we, you know, communicated afterwards. I know Scott Atlas well. Scott met with Trump uh, every time, uh, every day, just about during these months that he was in the White House in 2020. And, you know, and Atlas is not a Trumpian. You know, he's 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 a Democratic type of voter. And Scott Atlas said, listen, one on one, he said, Trump is very reasonable. He's very engaged. And, um, you know, he, he wants to do the best for the country. So you talk to Scott Atlas. And if, you know, if anybody was going to be really critical of Trump who worked closely with him, it would have been Scott. And, and Scott reports that, you know, the way Trump behaves one on one is very, uh, you know, is very encouraging, amicable. I, I hear I just that think, all the time. I hear it all I, the time. Yeah, I just said Trump has this external yeah. uh, veneer yeah. that maybe he's developed over time because he has to be tough. Well, he's a construction worker out of New York. I mean, yeah. <laughs> out of business, you, know, you know who else said that, that statement you just said? It's the same comments that Dr. Paul Alexander, who worked with Trump very closely, that he says that all the time as well, by the way. You know? And I've heard it uh, from from others yeah, uh, yeah. that, you know, on his inner circle that, yeah. you know, he's he's very reasonable. He's a nice guy. Uh, you know, one on one. He's great. But they have said, listen, he's very different on the stage and he's very different with the press. And, you know, with the press, he's just merciless. Yeah. And, well, they, they, but they, but they have taken them over the coals more than once, Peter. So you know, it's like all of us. I mean, we kind of we push back, and he pushes back, and he always said that he hits back, and he he hits back harder than you hit than you know you've hit him. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, he, uh, he offended a but, lot of people in the process of doing that. I, I wish he would have found but, a better way to handle those kinds of things. But, but, but you know, he, here's the thing, Malcolm. Yeah. It seems like both the conservative media, the right wing media and the left wing media, they love Trump, but they love Trump for different reasons. Uh, the, the right loves Trump for his mm -hmm. conservatism, his idealism, how America ran under his administration, mm -hmm. you know, make America great again, put America first. You know, all those resonate with the right. Now, the left, they love Trump for something different. 
They love Trump because he's constant news ratings. He's newsworthy. And they keep putting him up there. You'd think if the the left or the left-wing media, if they really wanted to defeat Trump, they'd be featuring... um, uh, you, you know, Nikki yeah. Haley or Ron DeSantis, and they, they would be giving the, the camera, the lights, the media time to somebody yeah. other than Trump. But they're not. They put well, the spotlight it, back on Trump. Yeah, it's a, it's a very viable point you make there. But I will say this, and I talked to listeners on The Voice of a Nation, or I think it was yesterday or day before. Uh, they are, tra- if you'll, you'll see a lot of headlines right now if you search for them. They're trying to make Nikki Haley into something she's not by saying, uh, like they're trying to make her the poster child for taking Trump down and she's going to do this. In other words, they're building her up. See, this is what the media does. They do a pile on and they're trying to say she's the last hope and she's going to take Trump and all that. So they are sort of doing that right now. Not 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 mentioning Trump to your point, but trying to make Haley the person, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But well, anyways, I can, I can I can tell you this much. Um, Mm. that uh, I still think, though, in terms of of time spent in the left-wing media, it's still Trump way more than DeSantis or Nikki Haley. Oh, yeah. None of the other candidates are ever presented uh, like they have better No argument here. No argument here. They give them all the oxygen in the room, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They give them the oxygen in the room. And, you know, every time we hear about, I mean, gosh, I get something by email from Epoch Times almost every day. And it's something like this. Judge rules something in favor of Trump. Judge rules something against Trump. Trump will be alive. I mean, just on and on. And then I'm supposed to read the article and try to figure out what the what the new bombshell is. There's like a there's like a bombshell every eight hours on, on all these. Uh, no shortage of news with Trump, man. I'll tell you, you're so. I know, right. but the question so is, right. Malcolm, these court cases. I, uh, I mean, are they going to amount to anything? I just yeah. can't. You know, I think that I think the public is kind of. Uh, dazzled, fatigued, fed up. Uh, you know, we we just need some type of analysis. It's really frustrating. Yeah, no, you're you you got a very big point there. It's a very viable point you make there. Uh, it it always is, and you know, in the business of public relations, frankly, or marketing, you're hundred hundred percent right. Uh, you're always, you know, uh, all news is pretty well good news. Uh, we always, always used to say that in the public relations marketing business, which is my background. We always would say that uh, short of, you know, again, uh, not to be smart, but short of murder or rape, we always would say that in the business, in the boardrooms, in other words. In other words, there's no bad news. You can pretty well turn anything. And, and Trump has proven that correct. He's taken that and it's built his brand. I mean, there's nobody who, you know, there's nobody probably on the planet or at least in any recognizable area who doesn't know Trump. Who is Trump? Donald Trump. It'd have to be some remote uh, tribal thing. <laughs> There, who didn't know anything about it? I mean, everybody knows the man. He, he, my golly, they're talking about him on other planets, Peter. So, I mean, come on, everybody, even the even the aliens or whatever the UFOs they're talking about, like, they got to know about Trump as well. Everybody does, right? They do but Malcolm, it. Malcolm, as a medical point, <laughs> someone pointed out an interesting observation the other day to me. Yeah, yeah. Have you noticed that whenever a president leaves office, they seem to age incredibly rapidly, like. Uh, you know, Obama getting rapidly getting gray. Right, know, right. And George W. Bush gaining weight and looking older, like quickly. And Trump is the only president who finishes his term in the next four years. He looks the same. 
And not only that, but, but, but what's amazing about that is he's been through more than anybody, to your point, Peter. He, right. He's been through more stress than anybody. And most of those presidents, by the way, it happens in their last part of the term when they're in office. They age dramatically. You're so right. And then they leave. But you're right. He He's, uh, I don't know, maybe he's using, maybe he's taking a healthy cell. Or <laughs> I got to tell you, he's doing something right. You're right. Most finish. And, you know, they, they go on a book tour and they build a presidential library. Yeah. And they kind of, you know, have a life of a dignitary and yeah. things slow down for them. You know, he finishes and then essentially decides on day one that he finished that he's going to run again, no yeah. matter what. And then the next four years become this, you know, tumultuous uh, years, the pandemic and all these different crises. And then uh, he's brought up on all these court cases and none of which seem to honestly have anything that's consequential in them. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's burning the, the legal dollars, but he's running his business and mm -hmm. his family is cohesive. Yeah. Family, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. He, he, so, he obviously, I, I'm sure you've concluded at this point, uh, Peter, I'm sure you have concluded that he is a threat to the system, obviously, and they do not want him back anywhere near 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. You agree with that? I'm sure well, they, they call these people never Trumpers. Yeah. Uh, and I was listening to something this morning on talk radio and uh, my Malcolm, the thing that's unclear to me is who are the never Trumpers? Who are these people? Are they Democrats? Are they Republicans or independents or? Well, it's a combination of people. It's a cross section of folks, but it's no, there's a lot of Republicans in there as well. There's a certain group uh, and they call them rhinos, of course. But no, there's a lot of uh, there's that group that they just don't like. You know what it is? You know what it is there? If you're part of the globalist affair, you're part of the uniparty. You always hear the words uniparty, which is Republicans and Democrats alike. It's one party, the way they spend, the way they act, the way they be, the way they do. And those people typically they the establishment does not like Trump. Like the Paul Ryans of the world, they did not like Trump. So any of the establishment players, those are your never Trumpers, Peter. Those are the people right there. They don't like him. They don't want him. He's a threat to the establishment. He's a threat to business as usual in in Washington. That's that's a fact. That's just a fact. So right. So so Paul Ryan would be the prototypical in the United States, and there's probably a lot of world leaders. I mean, what do you think about Trudeau or Marcon and? And these other uh, these other world leaders who seem to be a part of this this new world order. That's right. That's right. Uh, right. So the, he's, Trump's already said, listen, uh, you know, I would I would not fund the WHO. We'd pull out like 100%. really strong. Yeah. He said yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He already did. Uh, he, he, he was yeah. doing that at the end. That's correct. That's correct. Right. He, he already did it at the end. But he no, did he said it again. I've listened carefully. Yeah. And uh, and he said it uh, again. You're right. And he hasn't really burned uh, too much time trying to knock down any of the competitors. He did a little bit with, he had this term, remember, Ron DeSanctimonious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he didn't go after that too much. And he, honestly, he doesn't need to. Well, he, he he's realized that. That's why he hasn't participated in the debates and that sort of thing. Well, let's face it. He was already, he was the 45th president of the United States. He's, he's running in a different circle. It's a little different uh, circumstances. It's unusual. But so, no, he has removed himself from the pack in such a way. And that's the deal. That's the way he decided to play this thing. 
I'll tell you what, there's a lot of support in the polls horizon for number 45. He could be in our lifetime now, the only other president. It would be he would be the 45th and the 47th president uh, separated by that term, uh, Peter, that he would that that would be historic. Yeah. And has that ever happened? Yes, it happened one other time. uh, There was a another um, a president who was a two term uh, separated uh, by a um, by an administration. I'll have the name for you in just a minute here uh, because I had it in my notes here. Look it up. But, yeah, no, um, I, I know it. I just forget it. Uh, but um, yeah, there's but only Malcolm, one of the one. Yeah, uh, it was Malcolm, it was Grover Cleveland is the uh, first. Grover of, yeah, go ahead. OK, but Malcolm, if you were Trump, yeah, would you have participated in these debates? No, no, yeah. no. I, yeah. I, I in fact, uh, my advice to him before. Let me tell you this, Peter, before the very first debate was ever had, I told listeners uh, from my heart on the I said, if he's smart, he will not participate. I thought he was going to you know, listen. I'd be on in full disclosure. I thought he was going to participate because he can't stay away from the spotlight. And everybody thought he was going to fall in at the last minute. And I said, Mr. President, don't participate in the debate. Stay away from them. That was my advice. And that is how he played it. Not not that he took my advice, but that was my advice before the first debate. By no, the way. I, I'm sure he he did. And, uh, you know, looking at it, too, I'm, an, I'm positioning myself really as an independent voter, uh, but, I, but I agree with Trump not uh, participating. I agreed from the beginning. You did as well? You did that as yeah, well? But yeah, because of a couple of reasons. One, he's in a separate category. He's already been president, yeah, yeah. so he's not lobbying, you know, That's right. you, you know That's right. for this. And That's secondly, right. uh, that lead was so commanding. Yeah. He had other legal issues at foot. The last thing he wants to do is say something in a debate. That's going to be drawn into more legal proceedings, right? So he had a lot of reasons to sit out, and uh, and I think their debates were largely inconsequential. They 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 did cause the dropout of a few people now, right? So, um, well, here's another quick point for you, a, a bit of a caveat here, real fast. But uh, l- listen to this here: he's the first president in modern times who has not got us involved in a foreign war. That was on Donald Trump's watch. And what's really ironic about this? They said he was going to have us involved in more wars. Ironically, they that they being the establishment and the uniparty players, the globalists, they knew he was a threat to the system. And they said he would have us involved in all kinds of wars and everything else. He had he's the first only president in our modern times, in our lifetimes here, who has not been involved in a war. The only one. All, all the other Republicans did as well. We were involved in wars. So that just tells you, and he played things a little different in foreign policy. Uh, Joe Biden, who was, it was Robert Gates, uh, d- d- which had that amazing quote. He is the worst in foreign policy and has screwed up every foreign policy decision in his life. And now you see we have wars. And, but think about that. He is the first one in our, so that's remarkable, isn't it? Re- yeah. Remember that uh, Trump also, yeah. uh, you know, said, said that um he's unafraid to talk to the other side which was quite interesting that's so right. normally the policy is oh we're not going to talk to the bad guys we're, that's right uh, uh, trump's like i'm not afraid well that's why and then the media jumped on it and said well he's 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 partnering with dictators and he's sleeping with dictators and they made all these comments in jest uh because he would do exactly what you just said he he knew in fact if you read the art of war sun tzu sun tzu tells you right there 
He tells you to keep those enemies close by and participate with them. Keep them closer than your friends. And the media would not have that. And they called that out on Trump and said he was a, a partnering with dictators and all of this. And that was never the case at all. He was just strategically playing it wisely. But like when he called North Korea Rocket Man, we all like, what? Rocket Man? What is he doing here? Like Elton John's song, Rocket Man? And like we thought he was, but you know, he, he called him down off the perch. And he was successful, so you can say what you want, but his strategy worked, Peter, you know? Right. There's no arguing with track records. So the bottom line is whether you like them or you don't like them. Uh, we had no wars. The economy was solid. America was prospering. Uh, the policies you know, were amazing. The policies yeah. to the American people were amazing. America first was amazing. Getting back our country to those roots is amazing. But, and- but, re- but remember, Malcolm, it's not just Trump. We have to credit, you know, Larry Kudlow and... Mnuchin and but there were some good Kushner people, solid people, solid. and uh, yeah. you know Steve Bannon. Uh, you know those guys ran the country and they ran it well. Well, he it's you, again you surround yourself with great people. He also surrounded himself with some uh, buffoons, uh, and that's something I've been very critical of the former president on. And put people like James Comey, Christopher Ray in charge. Anyways, we're going down some other paths here, but you just you have to be accountable for the people you hold around you in those high positions. There's no doubt about that. All right, let me do this as we take a deep breath. Man, we went down a few side boulevards here. I had some fun though with it. And it's great when you, you know, you, you laugh out there, friends, and you're listening to the ranting back and forth with uh, Dr. McCullough and I. And, you know, what's cool about it is, you know, he hardly, it is comfortable enough on here. We, you know, it's not like we talk politics all the time on this program, hardly ever, but it is kind of interesting, but it does impact healthcare and it does impact our lives and our policies in many ways. But it is kind of nice how we can go down some boulevards and just kind of throw this around a little bit. It's interesting. Um, there's a couple of footnotes here, and then we're going to take a, a pause, then we're going to come back with a story out of New Zealand we'll tell you about and take some questions here uh, as well. And so I have a lot to talk about. Real brief and real quick, I want to say to you, uh, as we come into the holiday season here, uh, we're, we're, we have a whole new site coming off the uh, brand new um, uh, News, January 1st, 2024. Set your clocks or your alarm, if you will, for me for noontime, Eastern time, and join me with a with a glass of champagne as we launch the new platform for America Out Loud. It's going to be tremendous, uh, just tremendous. We've been working on this for a while and got a whole new thing. We're just just moving the ball forward again. We're just raising the bar and not resting on our laurels, not being complacent. What Getting ready for a huge year. This next year, 2024, is going to be significant. So we will be running the Christmas classics, the music, of which we get a lot of compliments on, by the way. They are just music you don't hear anymore. And they're fabulous. People love them. We'll be playing them on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, right over that weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for Christmas. And, and just turn on the network and enjoy the Christmas classics. It'll be running 24-7. Uh, and, and you'll love it. You'll love it. We get compliments every year. It's become part of our, uh, uh, you know, uh, history, I guess. We do it every year. and We've been doing it right along. It's beautiful. And then between Christmas and New Year's, we'll run Best Of. And then the following weekend as well, we will be off. And then we'll come back on the 1st, uh, that Monday, uh, and talk radio, a new program. And we'll start on the 2nd. And a lot of our hosts want a little time off. And it's just like you want your time and celebrate with family and friends. And they want the same. And, and we want to honor that for our America Out Loud family as well. And we've got a lot of work to do here as well as we get ready to position for a new year. So 
A lot of work here. I'm excited about it, but it, you know, no, no question. Now, the other thing is you're getting into the holidays here as well. Uh, I want to tell you about uh, to make sure you visit AmericaOutloud.shop. There's some tremendous ideas and thoughts there for that you might even consider uh, even any of these companies, a gift certificate or uh, consider uh, some of these uh, great products. What better way than to help people's health? By giving them something like that, think about it. There is no better gift, really. I That's my words, but I think it's fairly accurate. I have a couple of things to point out to you, and real quickly, but I do want to point them out, and that is Healthy Cell is, I mean, an unbelievable product line. It's the, the nutraceuticals, but it's the microgel, and it's the microgel technology. You get maximum absorption into your body. It's a whole new group of products coming out on this. And we're going to be talking about them in the weeks and months ahead coming into January. Super excited about it. But my wife and I take it every day. Immune Super Boost. It's got everything in there you could want. And then uh, you've got REM sleep. You've got um, you've got uh, the uh, focus and recall. And the new one uh, is a heart and mu- I don't have it in front of me right here, but a heart and muscle one here as well. And uh, uh, so this is another product we will be talking about more. Uh, in the future here. So Healthy Cell, you get 25% off the first order using the code out loud. I want to draw your attention as well. That group of three is there with the wellness company, the Ultimate Spike Detox with an adokinase, the bromelain and the turmeric extract is right there on the America Out Loud uh, dot shop. You'll get 25% off. We've negotiated all these discounts for our America Out Loud family. We've done this across the board. It's one of the principles we make uh, priority when we uh, have a partner like this that we want a discount you they can't you can't get anywhere else also these emergency kits that wellness company have are amazing by the way um and you get the uh, uh you get ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine and you get all kinds of stuff and he's take a look at those there's a banner ad back at americaoutloud.shop pretty incredible actually and you get 25 percent off of that as well and use the code out loud uh, there's other great products in here, like ASEA. The nurses are talking about ASEA, the redox supplement and the cream. They love it, love it, love it. I'm going to have them on. Uh, oh, let's see. I'm going to have them on this week. I'm going to be talking about uh, this um, uh, this product as well. We have them on the Voice of a Nation. So anyways, we're going to take a quick pause. And we'll join you just on the other side here on America Out Loud Pulse. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. 
Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. We join you back here on America Out Loud Pulse. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, and we can only get so much in the hour here, but let me move quickly here. And I, before we get to the q and I want to talk about and get this other story in. Uh, Dr. McCullough, out of New Zealand, and let's at least touch on this. Out of the new, this was a statement advised in the New, new Zealand uh, Ministry of Health. It was a whistleblower, and there was a journalist who blew the whistle that said that uh, that the government was out of control. In regard, there's two sides of the story that are pretty heavy uh, out there being talked about. I've noticed a lot of comments here. Give us the lowdown, what people should know about this New Zealand, the government versus what this journalist Liz Gunn is saying, please. You know, I have refrained from tweeting or retweeting anything here. Malcolm, Liz Gunn uh, is an attorney and she started the New Zealand Loyalist Party and uh, she's strongly anti-vaccine. They didn't win. Their party didn't win any seats in parliament. She has been a media host. And one time uh, she quit her job and she walked off the off the TV right when on live TV one time. So she's uh, you know, she was arrested in the in the Auckland airport because she didn't get a permit there to do a press interview. So she's a she's a rebel. She's a rebel. And yeah. She's a rebel. And uh, yeah. uh, there's this whistleblower. His name is Barry Young. He's kind of a a, a soft-spoken statistician. He works for the Tiwatu Ora Health System, which controls 20 health district boards uh, in New Zealand. Remember, they have their native uh, people there, the Maoris, and they include them very broadly, even you know by percent birth. So a lot of people actually are Maori in New Zealand. And you know, it, here it is, pretty late, and uh, they come out with this. I think a sensationalized presentation and 
Barry Young says, well, well, look, some of these batches of vaccines that we used had 20 to 30% mortality rates, mm-hmm. 20 to 30%. Now they must've known who took the shot and they must've known who died over a considerable period of time. None of that's ever presented. And we don't know if that's related to control groups or you know all the other data. And so, uh, so instead of this, normally a whistleblower is kept confidential or the data come out through an NGO uh, like in the United States, the, the Pfizer data came out through the Public Health Professional Review Committee or the um, the CDC vSafe data came out through ICANN. Instead, this comes out with Lynn Gunn. She does this presentation. There's another freedom group called Voices of Freedom NGO that I guess was working with Barry Young. Uh, they don't have any, any role at the very end to protect him. And then uh, now the, the authorities grab Barry Young and they put him in jail. And they say, listen, he wow. illegally accessed data and he uh, presented it with an intent to do harm to the public. Wow. So now he's in jail. But separately, another story, Kevin McKernan, someone who I have on my show, a molecular biologist from uh, Boston, he has a lot of data in what's called the Mega Genomic Service Database, which is housed in Auckland, New Zealand. And at the same time, they put Barry Young in jail they actually delete McKernan's account. So he loses all access to all his genetic data. Wow. So this is a- Now this Liz Gunn, the journalist, she calls him a national hero, the the young guy, right? She calls him a hero. She does. And it's just so hard to to make this out. These mortality rates would be higher than anything we've ever seen in any other lot data, like the Schmeling data or Ron Johnson and his analysis of VAERS. Um, it doesn't give us any context, uh, any way to uh, analyze it. Uh, the whistleblower wasn't protected anyway. And so you can see what happens. He's in jail within a couple of days. Wow. So at this point in time, it's it's hard to know. Now, in New Zealand, they have a new prime minister, Christopher Luxon. Yes, yes. yes. Who's following pretty much the same steps as Jacinda Ardern. But the new player who's much more freedom oriented is Winston Peters. And he's the deputy prime minister. So uh, he's uh, he's not a globalist, and he wants to, you know, fairly have things vetted on the vaccines. So things in uh, in the land of the Kiwis is are, are really upside down right now. I think the jury's out. We're going to have to uh, see um, this. This has a look and feel of being somewhat sensationalized, and that's yeah. the reason why I've been careful. I usually stay within the peer reviewed literature anyway. Let me get some questions in here, please. And uh, got to like to at least get a few in here. Um, this one is from Pam, and this is very relevant. It's a new one, and I think you touched on this last week. Actually, Pam says, "What's the best antibiotic? Do you, in your opinion, to take for this new white lung infection?" I think you talked about. Uh, do you remember that the anti best antibiotic for that? What right do you for an adult, that would be doxycycline, which is what's in the wellness company uh, kit. And then for a child, it would be a quinolone, something like a pediatric ciprofloxacin. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I thought so. So the doxycycline, that that is, uh, okay, and that's in the kit. I didn't know that. All right, cool. Uh, This next one's from Steve. Uh, Dr. McCullough, I saw a post recently about 75% of Canadians who are vaccinated have have V-AIDS. Are there any studies on this, and does everyone have it? 
VADS or vaccine-induced uh, uh, immunodeficiency syndrome. It's it's a loose definition, and it's coming from that Cleveland Clinic study by Shretha and colleagues, showing the more shots you get, the sicker and sicker you get. It's impossible to estimate how many people really have altered immune systems with the vaccines, but the Cleveland Clinic data suggests that it's really dose-dependent. It depends on how many shots they took. It I guess conceivably in Canada it could be a large number. Okay, all right. Um, all right. Um, Terry says, I received one Moderna shot in 21 and two weeks later became hypertensive, still suffering from uncontrollable BP. Will your method for detox and the spike protein work for me while taking the... Right. She's on nifedipine for blood pressure control, which is appropriate. Other drugs can be used. And our, our experience is, yes, that McCullough protocol-based spike protein detoxification with natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. And that's that uh, ultimate detox available on wellness company. It really does work. It takes a long time. It may be six to 12 months, yeah. but as the spike protein is finally cleared out of the body, blood pressure is restored to normal. Can't make any therapeutic claims because we haven't done large randomized clinical trials, but my direct clinical experience says, yes, she's in good shape. Yeah. All right. Lindy uh, questions. Uh, love you both with your truth and that you are so honest with us. Uh, what I was wondering is that a lot of pilots and famous athletes have collapsed from the vax and a lot of other people, regardless of their occupation. Why hasn't any politicians collapsed from the vax, uh, is asking. Are they not taking the vax or taking a shot of saline? In other words, she sees these cats in the camera. And that's a good question, actually, Lindy. And they, they show you the shot. And many people question that, actually. Is it really a vaccine or is it just a saline kind of solution? And they're wondering why haven't some of these politicians just, I don't know if anyone's ever asked that question. Interesting. What do you think? Well, the rate of death is considered one in 800. So, you know, we have fewer than that in, in Congress. So, you know, the fact that no one immediately died in Congress would be unsurprising. But look at Diane Feinstein. She had neuroinvasive varicella zoster. That's a classic post-vaccine syndrome. That killed her. Oh wow! I didn't realize um, look, look, that. Yeah, look at look at Mitch McConnell. It looks like he has Epson's seizures. And, oh, that's a great uh, point. That's that great could point. clearly be vaccine induced. And then uh, look at Biden. You know, take it at face value. He's clearly has rapidly progressive dementia now. I mean, the whole world can see that. And um, and then I'd say the most obvious example is the Princess of Thailand. Now she did, takes the vaccine, develops myocarditis, has a cardiac arrest, and she's in a coma. So Malcolm, I think the government leaders are taking it. Huh, uh, they're taking it. They're 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 in this yeah. they're in this trance. They're in this mass yeah. formation, and they're taking it. Right. And we will see, you know, from time to time, with these examples, they're right. going to go down. Yeah. Well, you answer. I'm so glad we you, this question came up. I didn't connect it the way you just did. And but the question, to, the answer to Lindy here was pretty accurate. Now they know that there are some points that are questionable. We're not we don't really know, but you bring up some very good points. Uh, they are very questionable uh, things. So. All right. This uh, next one is from Marla. Could you clarify what type of vaccine the new RSV injections are they are are encouraging elderly Americans to take uh, this season, fall and winter season? My understanding is there is a more traditional protein fragment type. And then the mRNA RSV vaccines is close to approval. She, she, she's questioning, she thinks. Either way, I've counseled my elderly mother in an assisted living facility to not take any considering the potential risk and the unlikely chance she will get RSV. I just want to be correct with the information I'm giving her. Thank you both. Uh, what do you say to Marla there? 
Marla's right. These are antigen-based vaccines and protein. It's called the prefusion protein. So it's not messenger RNA. It's not a it's not a genetic vaccine. But in the large randomized trial Renoir, in adults, the RSV vaccine is very unimpressive. You know, less than one percent of adults ever get RSV. It's very mild. We usually clear it up with a nebulizer or two. No hospitalizations, no deaths. So I think the RSV vaccine in an adult is very, very optional. It's not strongly supported at all because it's such a mild illness and basically nobody gets it. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, all right. I'm going to, uh, there were, I just want to read this one here. Um, this was uh, from Molly and this came actually, and the reason I'm going to read this, uh, I, want, I want folks to hear it. It actually came into Dr. Harvey Reich. Uh, on the Friday show, but let me just read very quick. She said, hi, Dr. Rich. How can we find out the herbs and supplements that Dr. Robert Sullivan alluded to on your show? He hesitated because of blowback, but if these supplements and herbs can save lives, the public really needs to know. What was the third drug he took besides the uh, HCQ and ivermectin to help with the ACE2 receptor regulation? Uh, Dr. Reese responded this way, Molly, Dr. Sullivan didn't tell me all the things that he used, but did say that it involved medical infusions and the other things that would be difficult to do at scale and without intense medical supervision. I think that the wellness company approach of the natokinase supplement, perhaps also with the bromelain and curcumin, as suggested by Dr. McCullough, is a great approach for spike-related issues. Ivermectin might still be included in this regimen, but all this should be discussed with the doctor involved in the care. I thought that was a pretty good answer back from Dr. Harvey Reese. What do you say to that, Dr. McCullough? It's pretty solid. You know, there's good theoretical underpinnings that natokinase for sure probably plays a role in preventing getting severe COVID because uh, they did experiments where the virus was introduced into an environment with natokinase and natokinase strips off the spike protein and the virus is quickly made, you know, inert. It can't hurt you if it doesn't have the spike protein. Okay. So, uh, you know, we have our patients on natokinase and anecdotally people have been largely protected against COVID. Now we're using it for post-COVID and vaccine injury syndromes. Uh, but, you know, natokinase, good all the way around. Japanese were well in the lead. We give Dr. Tanakao from Japan a ton of credit. Uh, it's a cardiovascular supplement. It's clearly proven to be useful in post-COVID and vaccine injury syndromes, and it may be preventive in preventing somebody from getting another case of COVID. All right, very cool. And to that point, last one here that plays to what you just said. This is from Mark. I take all three of the supplements for spike detox. The natokinase and bromelain is take on an empty stomach, but the curcumin I take after a meal. When is it best to take the curcumin on an empty stomach or full stomach? Doesn't really matter. The curcumin, if it's best, if it's taken with piperine, which is black pepper extract. And I think the supplement that Wellness Company has, that's already built in. So I think you're in good good shape there. Uh, but curcumin, uh, we're a lot more flexible when we can take it. The natokinase and bromin, we do want to make sure we're in between meals or an empty stomach. Okay. All right, perfect. All right, that's all the time we have here, friends. A great conversation. Thank you for joining us here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat ahead. <laughs> 